Morning, everyone. Morning. If you're, if you're a visitor here, um, my name's Darren. Um, I'm part of the eldership team here. Um, and this morning, uh, I am kind of doing a part two sermon. Uh, Adam did part one a few weeks ago, um, and it's part of our two-year program where we're looking at radically simple discipleship. We don't just want to be disciples. We don't want to be complicated disciples. We don't want to be lukewarm disciples, do we? We want to be radical, we want to be simple, and we want to be really good disciples. Adam, a few weeks ago, uh, preached part one of this series, uh, of this sort of two-parter, which was really about church life and how we view church life. Who can remember it? Who can remember the big takeaway? Oh, okay. So, let me tell you Adam's sermon in one line. Church is not about you and God. Church is about us and God. Remember? Still not many nods, okay. Okay, maybe I need to recap. If we come into church with our cultural perspective, and our cultural perspective is all about me, that's what our culture breeds in us, I am the most important, my view, my opinion, my thoughts. If we come into church like that, we will just struggle. Because church has never been designed or uh, constructed by God to be about me. It's about us. There is a unity all the way through Scripture when God talks about his people. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that individuals aren't important because his people are made up of individuals. But we have to come with a perspective of what's my place among the us. How do I fit into the us? It's us and God. What is God doing here among us actually trumps what is God doing here in my life. Um, which is quite radical. Um, it's certainly radical in our culture because it means laying the us down a little bit. So I'm going to do part two today. Um, which really follows on. It's quite important that we understand the us mentality and not the I mentality, um, uh, because I'm going to try and put another nail in that. I don't know what the word is. I was going to say coffin, but that's the wrong thing, isn't it? Anyway, whatever it is, I'm going to try and uh, really push hard against the I again this morning, because this morning I want to talk about a different aspect of our church life together, serving. Uh, who here has heard a sermon on serving before? Yeah. Do you enjoy them? Don't they always end up with a list of opportunities to serve? Normally we send them to Julia. We send you to Julia, you know, find a place to serve. The difficulty with sermons on serving is it can feel a little bit like we've got a whole bunch of jobs that need doing and we've got nobody to do them. Come on, folks, step up. True? A little bit. A little bit, and we try, you know, there's a bit of encouragement in there as well. But fundamentally, that's how they can, can feel. In the same way that sermons on giving sometimes can feel like, we've got this real problem that we need to pay for. <laughs> Church, you need to give more. It's good to give, yeah? Actually, sometimes it's very easy to get the right thing, but actually in the wrong context, and it gets a little bit squiffy. So this morning, I'm not really going to talk about any particular opportunities to serve. I want to talk about a much more foundational level 
of why do we serve? Have you ever thought in church life why we serve? Is it simply that there's lots of stuff that needs doing? So people need to do it. Is that why we serve? Is it that we can't afford to pay people to do everything that needs doing? So some of you are going to do it for free. Is that why it's good to serve? I'm hoping that by the time we finish, you will realize that that is not the primary reason. Those two things are true, by the way. There are things that need doing, and we can't afford to pay people to do them all. So those things are true, but they're not the primary reason. If that is the motivation that we come to serving with, we will always struggle. So should we start with Scripture? You got your Bible? Find Philippians 2. Verses 1 to 11, I have to confess, this is one of my favourite passages. This passage was given to me, oh, 25-odd years ago as a, Darren, you need to take this passage seriously kind of passage. So it it is one of the passages that God has used repeatedly in my life to help shape me. Um, And so it's very familiar to me. It may not be as familiar to you, although it is a reasonably famous and well-used passage. So I'm going to read uh, from the uh, ESV version. You may have a different version, but don't worry, just go with it. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself.